The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. How are you feeling today, Tracy? You know, I'm feeling every day amazing, and I know you're feeling successful. Successful? Ain't no other way to be, baby. Well, I'm telling you, you know, this episode was also just absolutely amazingly successful. They had the opportunity to talk about Mm -hmm. toxic forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Now, first Mm -hmm. of all, I didn't even know that was a thing. Did you, Carl? Didn't know the term at all. Had no idea what was going on, but... After watching the episode, it made me start thinking about even toxic optimism. So, I mean, clearly you can have too much anything. Wait a minute. (laughs) I am that friend who's like, oh, you're sad. Let's get over it. And I just, I had to remember sometimes people need to just feel it. Let me be in it. Yeah. And maybe I need to just sit in it and feel. So, you know, we're going to talk about uh, that. We're going to talk about that, needing to just honor and sit in and work through your feeling and whether it's grief or happiness or sadness. We like sitting in happiness. Right. And we're constantly looking for the happiness, right? But when grief comes up, sometimes you got to deal with it. And sometimes you allow yourself to believe something that isn't true in pursuit of being happy. Hello? Mm, Come on. I think that was part of what we saw in this episode. and I have some scenarios of our own where we're going to talk about if we will forgive or not. Right. And we obviously want you to join in on the conversation. So send us an email at let's red table that at redtabletalk.com and let us know if you agree or disagree with us. All right. Come on. Let's get it. Tracy, would you forgive a sibling that sleeps with a partner on your wedding day? Mm. Okay. So now... <laughs> I just, 
I can't wait to hear this, this answer. This is a wait what? If my sibling sleeps with my partner on my wedding day, it's a big fat hell to the no. I'm not forgiving that. I'm not forgiving that. I'm with you, friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not forgiving it's that. A no for me. So now, would you forgive? <laughs> I, it's a no. It's a no for me. It was the wedding day for me because didn't we pay for this? I just, I can't. Mm-mm. Who's going on the honeymoon now? Mm-mm. I mean. All right, now. Ooh. The next question. Mm-mm. Your child gets expelled from college, pretends to still be in school, and you find out on the day they're supposed to graduate. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Let me say something to you. It's the audacity for me. Real real clear. There are two parts of this, and it all depends on the funding. If I have mm-hmm. been funding your <laughs> education and you have been lying, saying that you're in school and you are not, and then you have lied and said that you're graduating and you're not, that is going Ooh. to be a major problem for me. Okay? Major, now, major. I'm going to ultimately be able to forgive it, but it would be easier for me to forgive it if, two, you funded your own process and you dropped out on your own dime, then sure, that's your life. You do you, boo. <laughs> I definitely understand that perspective. You know, on this one, I'm going to forgive. I-, I can forgive. I told my son when he graduated high school, listen, well, I'm having a cookout in June. So you're going to be a guest or a graduate, but I'm eating a hot dog and a hamburger. So <laughs> I can forgive and I'm going to still celebrate and go out to eat because this is your journey. So right. <laughs> create the life that you want. You were going to have a high <laughs> vibrational plate, whether he has high vibration. Come on. That All part. right. Yes. Because he got a low vibrational situation going on and that's his business. <laughs> and now the last one, your parent has had a secret family. Uh-oh. This happens all the time. Your parent has had a secret family and you don't find out until you're an adult. This is a tough one. How many funerals are we talking about? Listen, I'm not going to put my whole family's business out there, but I definitely have experienced this and I definitely would forgive. But I will say it is hard to look around at people at the reunion like, y'all had all this going on? I'm just going to say that. Okay. In this case, family is something that is truly a treasure and a gift and mm-hmm. I would forgive although I would have a lot of questions I'd have a lot of questions I want to know all about and I want the answers and too. I need all the information just sit <laughs> at the table and just be ready open yourself up and just answer it now the That's question that I want to know from y'all is what would you do and then this is real deal so I know some of you all had just found your sister and brothers and uncles and cousins so <laughs> send us an email at let's red table that at redtabletalk.com we can't wait to hear that those part. responses that part or listen I think this would be great I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there a good speak pipe send us a voice memo and tell us right. yes ma'am or no sir I cannot do or I would definitely forgive you know what that's right Kyra okay right? and so our speak pipe is speakpipe.com slash let's red table that we are gonna get that that's what it is <laughs> we gonna get that we're going to take a quick break but when we get back we'll be joined by two incredible guests from our red table talk community i'm elia connie and this is family therapy my best hopes i guess identify the life that i want and and work towards it i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of i get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh-huh. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, 
How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're bringing two fellow RTT community members to the virtual red table today. I am way excited, Kara. Anthony Thompson is joining the virtual red table from North Carolina, and he's here to share about his emotionally and physically abusive relationship with his parents, including how he's able to forgive his mom and why his dad has not earned his forgiveness. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story with us. No, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and share. I appreciate that. Yes, we appreciate you. And our second guest has been on our podcast before. Katie is a licensed marriage and family therapist, YouTube creator, author, speaker, and a passionate psychoeducation facilitator. Okay, I love all the titles. This is the titles for me. But she first shared her expertise as our mental health expert for our very first mental health moment. And now Katie's joining us for a full episode because we need it and we're going to talk about toxic forgiveness. So welcome, Katie. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be Yay! back. Thanks for having me. So good to see you, Katie. So glad to have you with us at the virtual red table. All right, guys. So this is the part of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause, rewind, listen again, and say, what, Tracy? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. What? I mean, yes. Hold Stop on. all together. Okay. <laughs> so many moments. Just like Red Table Talk has been delivering mm-hmm. off season. It's another heavy episode, but necessary episode. We're going to try to bring some life to this, but let's get into it. I'm going to kick it off. What about Jada talking about her and Cherie sharing a journal? We had a journal that we would send back to one another. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Just kind of expressing things to one another yeah. that might not have been easy to talk about face to face. Yeah. I actually loved this piece of the episode. What did you guys think? I thought it was great, too. I just like the fact that they have this sisterhood and they're so comfortable talking about it. But I know it was pretty rough. And I thought the idea was really creative to be able to say, let me get out how I feel so that we can still communicate and then be able to develop what we need to do mm-hmm. for Trey. Because that was the focus. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Putting the kids first has got to be hard when there's so much emotion involved. And I really appreciated the fact that they both were willing to work on it. And they both admitted, I think right up front, when I was listening to this, I was like, wow, they just jumped right in. Like right up front, they're like, right. we had trouble. And I overstepped and I overstepped. And this is what I did. And the other people are like, so you did right wait right wait what yeah (laughs) okay but in the moment there's a lot of emotion at play and i really appreciate the fact they were able to kind of step aside and put Mm -hmm. the kids first which yeah i mean sometimes it's hard to get out of your own way and i was really impressed oh no i loved it that is the absolute truth katie that is so true we Mm -hmm. often talk about different vehicles for communication right what's the best thing that works for us and Number one, I like that they both realized they comprehended that family was the goal. The kid was the goal. The child was Mm -hmm. the goal. And they decided this is our vehicle. We are going to use this journal to really help us get out the things that we need 
I just thought it was so successful. I hope someone else incorporates it into their life. It reminded me sometimes when me and my son aren't seeing eye to eye, we will text each other because you just, sometimes you just don't want to hear that person's voice in the moment. So I loved it. And don't you think like writing it down slows it down? Yes. Right. Sometimes face to face, you because you can't take things back, right? Then right. we're in another level of forgiveness. We already got this one beef going on and we're like layering. Right. It. It's just too much. And I think sometimes when you have to write it and you look at the words, you can think twice before this is what I want to send or this is what I really want to say. Another wait what moment was when Jana sharing that she forgave her husband for cheating the first time because she thought, I've cheated before and never forgave myself, so I'll forgive him. As if forgiving him would give her healing. There were flags in the beginning. He had cheated, you know, a month into dating. But I'm like, it's okay. I've cheated in past relationships, yeah. and I didn't forgive myself for it, so I'm going to forgive you. Yeah. I can make this work. We can grow together. And in the marriage, too, every time he cheated, yeah. first, second, third, however many times, like, I'd be like, I forgive you. Wait, what? What? Have you ever felt like you had to forgive someone because you had the same mistake in the past? I don't know if I would say that I forgave, but I probably would have had a little bit more grace in it because mm. forgiveness means I'm just going to throw it out the window and let it Interesting. go. Now, I'll still be looking a little sideways. Like, I remember when you did that a couple months ago. Now, don't don't act crazy now. But I don't know if I would say forgive. That's a little bit more strong. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I agree. We have more understanding okay. when you know you've been there before. Yeah, I think the grace is a perfect word, Anthony. It's like you can see from that perspective. And so you might say, hey, it didn't mean anything to me. I'm sure it didn't mean anything to him. And you can make those kind of concessions or a different understanding, which maybe could allow you to do that more easily. Okay. Mm. Now, I just want y'all to know whether I cheated or not. If I cheat, if I cheated, shame on me. If you cheat on me, shame on you. And if you forgave me, that's shame on you too. Because I'm not, I'm not forgiving you. I'm not showing you grace. Right. I'm done. It's wait what really? Okay. Look, you said we don't do cheating around here. It's it's truly wait what. That part Tracy's <laughs> very, very adamant. It's a it's a zero tolerance policy over here. Oh, it is over here too. I definitely understand that though. Yeah, he because he kept cheating. And the thing that was interesting to me about it when she said that she said that he cheated the first month in. Right. And so ooh, he know. had been cheating. Red flag. Right. He had been cheating. He che- He was probably cheating the day they got married. Flaming uh-huh. hot red flag. I know. It's leave him before leave it gets him. too serious. Oh. Absolutely. Before the vows and everything. A month in, he can't oh hold it down. I mean, sir. And I don't know if that sir. month in was the one she said that was the first time. But I mean, he was like a serial cheater. Well, that's the first time she caught him essentially there it is and that's what gets me is when i think it was jada said to her so he's cheated on you like with 12 or 13 and i was like oh (laughs) like that's a lot right as soon as she said more more i was like oh lord clutching pearls and everything what clutch the pearls gather up your belongings (laughs) and get the f out (laughs) bless her heart you know this it reminded me though watching her we want to hold on so bad to just a little bit of something for a fear of having nothing okay. altogether. I mean, and I have Ooh, done okay. it before. Mm-hmm. Not not like that. We weren't married, of course. But, Guilty. you know, you just want something. She's had a whole idea, clearly. They've gone through a whole wedding, and it's, we can't stop now. Why can't you? Why can't well, and you? She, she was worried about her kids, mm-hmm. remember? She said, I grew up in a broken home. And I think if we don't process our own trauma before... this that is part. I, I know people don't like this, but... 
to get into a relationship when you haven't worked through your own stuff first is very dangerous territory because Mm -hmm. we can repeat behaviors without realizing we're doing it because that's what's comfortable. And for her, that was the dream. The dream was we get married, live happily ever after and come hell or high water. I'm holding on to that. Even though by holding on to it, she was like drowning herself. You know, it's like the saying. Yeah. It's one of my favorite quotes is you can't light yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. And it was like, it was kind of that feeling that I got from it where it was like she's wounding herself to keep this thing that doesn't Mm -hmm. exist. And it's a wonder she wasn't on fire in other ways from all that cheating. uh (laughs) Right? I was (laughs) wondering what. That part. I think she was just really holding on to who she thought he could be rather than who he really was. That was one of the biggest things that I noticed. And that was what I was feeling. I was like, yeah, he's showing you who he is, but you're still trying to get him to be who he's showing you he Mm -hmm. can't be. Yeah, the and dream. that's a lot of, yeah, mm-hmm. the dream. A lot of times, a lot of people and struggle be, with that. I'm guilty. Yeah. I've done okay. it too. And see, the more <laughs> excuses he had, the more excuses he had, the more time she was willing to forgive him. Yeah, right? and it was interesting. I think it was Cherie said at the beginning, using a man to define who she was. Or I think Jana said it up front, and then they all said, yeah, 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 me too, me too. And I think sometimes we can get caught up like that, where we think, hey, this relationship defines me. She said, oh, we'd put it out there. We've been public. And we've right. been public about him getting better. And, and I think there was this maybe confusion around like work and real life and perception and reality. And I think she might have even, part. not to say that this happened necessarily, but I wonder if she might have even tricked herself, right? You say it enough times, you start to believe I think it. So my husband's gotten better. He's better. Yeah. He's recovered. He's doing this. And I think she kind of drank her own Kool Aid. And then it's just hard. Mm-hmm. Probably also, not even probably, they're definitely making money off of this success, right? In their love life, which kind of takes us to the last wait what moment. Jana sharing that her ex husband's excuse for cheating was. He says the podcast was a catalyst for more of his cheating because it made him feel like he always had the spotlight on him. So then I felt like it was my fault because if only we didn't have that podcast, he wouldn't have cheated. So because the spotlight is on him, he has to cheat? I'm confused. He felt pressure um, to be this, like, perfect and not... If I wanted to be perfect, I don't think I'd be cheating. (laughs) I'm just saying... (laughs) So that's wait, wait, what? (laughs) It's kind of like the point we were just (laughs) making, like maybe she was doing her work and clearly he had a false perception of his reality. Sir, you're married. (laughs) I don't know if you forgot, but you're married. (laughs) How did you guys feel about that? Let me say this and then I'm just going to move my non-grace giving self out the way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how are you going to say well the podcast and I could just hear it like the, and that baby baby please voice baby baby please the podcast is just, just it's serving like a catalyst it's just making me feel like I, I gotta cheat even more cause this is all we talking about like what they throwing it at me boy baby. what get out of here <laughs> right hello boy bye Mm. <laughs> I, I think he was, I felt like he was out of excuses at this point. He was just grasping at anything. Cause I'm like, listen, it doesn't make any sense. I can understand him saying, I do feel pressure to be the perfect husband. And that's why I lash out. Or that's why I don't do this or that. But to say that them talking about their past and how right. hard it was and how you've worked through it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Make that make <laughs> right. sense to me. I'm a very logical person. I don't, see the logic and I don't even see the emotion Mm -hmm. in it I don't understand Mm -hmm. we're just being honest about what you actually want you don't I don't think you Mm -hmm. want a family sir I I don't think that's 
not the traditional type of family and or why did you marry into it? But there are a lot of people out here trying to live the dream that's really not your dream. You got to define your dream, guys. Mm. Totally. Don't try to be something you're not. Caught up in what the expectation is and the married with 2.5 kids in the picket fence idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work (laughs) for a lot of us. Two and a half kids. I like it. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) 2.5. What did you think about this episode? Well, for me, I thought it was a great episode. I love seeing Cherie and Jada talk. I like seeing that dynamic because it's so unheard of. It's almost like it's not real that it's really happening, that Will's ex-wife and current wife are having a conversation and they get along and they have family time together and they built this substantial relationship that even started to exist outside of Trey. So I think that's awesome to see. But I got to admit, I had some emotional Mm, moments, especially... When it got toward the end and Cherie had her emotional moment and she was talking about her and Trey and how Trey said to her that she didn't care about his Mm. feelings. And I identified with that so well dealing with my situation with my mother growing up Mm. where my mother was so focused on survival and Mm. she was taught that being a woman meant being strong and what strong meant was being hard. And I started to literally see my mother and see my dynamic with my mother to which Mm. I didn't have those kind of conversations with my mother until I was grown because I couldn't all those times. So that was the part that got me a little bit. I was like, wait, let me dab the corners of my (laughs) eyes a little bit because it's a real thing to have your parents not validate your feelings or understand your feelings or you have the Mm. open space to be able to share how you feel. And I went most of my childhood not being able to talk to my mother and my father about my feelings. So it got me a little emo wow. when I was watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there was a lot. There's so much. Anthony you touched on a lot of the same things that resonated with me as well, especially that I put in my notes, toxic strength, mm. because we're talking about toxic forgiveness, but the feeling or the the belief in our society, and this applies to men and women, that you have to buck up. This means being strong. I mean, I was raised by a lot of stubborn, strong women, but that Mm -hmm. can also mean forgiving when you shouldn't and Mm -hmm. being a little bit too harsh on yourself, on others. And I think sometimes we don't recognize that. And Mm -hmm. to that point, my next like kind of note was just like, we are so uncomfortable sometimes with anger, upset, and dislike that we rush to move past it. And when Mm. we're a parent, I think, Mm. and I'm not a parent, so I'm not pretending to know. I haven't birthed any babies. But if I'm uncomfortable with it, then I'm going to encourage them to be uncomfortable with it because I want them to move more quickly through it. And I can do that to my friends, too. I can do that to my husband. I can do that to people because I don't want to sit with it. And I think that's what really got me about this episode was just the ability to sit with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a muscle that like I know personally, I need to work mm-hmm. on, but I think everybody mm-hmm. does because forgiveness isn't acceptance. It isn't condoning behavior. Forgiveness is for you. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, and I'm saying this to myself mostly, if I can't admit when things are hurtful and I can't communicate my upsets and and let somebody hear it, then how do I expect to process through it? Mm-hmm. I did love that they mentioned that it was like a process, not a choice. Yeah. Because yes. forgiveness yeah. is is tricky, right. right? But I've always thought forgiveness lets me off the hook because I don't need to keep thinking about this. That was what stuck out to me is we don't need to get it muddied. Forgiveness is not acceptance. Forgiveness is not condoning behavior. And forgiveness, most importantly, is not reconciliation. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's you know. good. And I liked when even Nedra said that forgiveness was about your emotional process as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never heard it in that way. I've right. heard people say many times that forgiveness is for you, but it, some kind of light bulb went off when she put it in those words in that form. And I was like, let me write this down. That was good to me. And for me yeah. to be conscious of when I have to go into a place of possibly forgiving somebody for something. That's the power of the red yeah. table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like just the additional understanding of different perspectives is helpful. And for me personally, in my relationship with my son, my son said the same thing to me that Trey said to Cherie, which was interesting because I just you think it's just your household, right? You really, truly think you're the only one going through oh, it. Wait. But yeah, my son said, it feels like you don't care about my feelings. And when he gave his examples, I'm like, I need... I need an example. Please help me. He was like, you just, if I tell you there's an emergency going on and it's like an emergency to him, it's not that much of an emergency to you. And I told him, I was like, I truly need you to understand. I am trying to process what I need to do next as a mom. Are you bleeding? Are you about to die? Do we need to go to the hospital? Where's the insurance card? I'm literally going through so much in my mind. Somebody has to be calm. You're already screaming. So (laughs) I just need you to know it's not that I don't care. That's how I process. Some people process by screaming with you. They on the floor bleeding with you all of a sudden. As soon as you say it, that's just not how I work. Now, when you were two, that is how I was. And my anxiety got so heightened, something had to change. So this show, episodes like this, conversations with people like you, thank y'all so much for coming on. Help me just to <laughs> continually see time helps things. Your perspective can change. Your understanding can change. But conversations have to be had. So, Yeah, those conversations are important. Yes, agreed. Absolutely. So important. Red Table Talk asked the community, what is something that's unforgivable to you? And infidelity was at the top of the answer. So we know Tracy was already in that poll. We know her answer. (laughs) How would you have answered this question? What is something that you all feel is unforgivable? I'm up there with the infidelity. The infidelity was it for me. I'm with Tracy because, I mean, I'm sure there's other things in my life. Like, I don't like liars, period. That part. It's hard. I know the truth is hard, but I'd rather be hurt by the truth than hurt by a lie that I have to find out later, because then that erodes the foundation for me. But the infidelity, I feel like, is one big lie. It it would get me feeling like my whole life was a lie. The whole relationship's a lie. Everything you said, every love you, every kiss, every hug Uh, is a lie. And I, I feel like... Even saying it, I get myself worked up because I would feel like my whole life was coming unraveled, like below. And I just don't... That to me would be unforgivable. I know I couldn't move past it. I mean, I'm like a burn his stuff in the lawn, change the locks, get out. <laughs> like I'm, I'd go zero to a hundred. I'm going to take I think a Louisville my... slugger to both headlights. Okay? Right. I'm That's Carrie Underwood in this situation. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think I kind of agree with that too. For me, it's not really infidelity, right? Like I've been single for a while So I look at relationships just like holistically. So even just amongst friends, like it's not so much cheating amongst friends. I just call it playing in my face altogether. Any type of manipulation or saying what you think you need to say to get me to go in the way you want me to go is a problem for me. I need you to be upfront. I need to know who you are (laughs) as much as possible. Please be your transparent self because I am working every day to do that. So mm. if you can't, you've got to go over there in my Rose Nyland voice. Yeah, please go over there and stay over there. Go there and stay there. I love that too. Cause like manipulation to me is like another form of lying. 
Right? You're not right. telling mm -hmm. me what you really want mm -hmm. or what you mm -hmm. need or what you're asking. Just, just, just ask. say it. Right. You're trying to fairy tale it into the ending you want, and that's not mm -hmm. it. Stop fairy tailing mm -hmm. me. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm, I made it up. <laughs> just say Fairy tale, okay. and I like it. Stop fairy tailing like me. Not gaslighting, but fairy tailing. Fairy tale. <laughs> that's a new form. That's it. That's that it. part. Established okay. today. So far mm -hmm. as we know, we we, cre we create at the virtual red table too. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Anthony, you've experienced treatment from your mom and dad that some people may consider unforgivable. Can you tell us about those experiences mm -hmm. and what's made you choose to forgive your mom and not your dad? Oh, great question. So for my father, he was verbally abusive. My father would curse me out oh, many ouch. times. And it's only when his emotions came into play. He didn't know how to manage his emotions well. He still doesn't. And it often came out in violence or verbal abuse. So much that he actually abused my mother physically and beat her up when I was a kid. And my father has never owned up to the things that he's done. Even as a kid, hearing the stories about him abusing my mom and all the details of it and then asking him and for him to not own up to it and talk around it was an issue for me because being raised the way that I was raised, I was taught that adults take ownership and responsibility and accountability for the things that they do. And my father just refuses to. For years, me and my father haven't talked. We just started talking again in 2020 when his father passed, my grandfather passed. And I had not seen my father in many years. We stopped talking. My mother would always ask, did your father text you happy birthday? Wanting to just hope that there is a connection still there or hoping it could still happen. And nothing. My father just stopped connecting with me. And in turn, I found out recently he did the same thing to my sister and my younger brother. So it's not even just me. And it's sad to say that it made me feel better because as a kid, you feel like it's just me. It's something yeah, wrong no, with me that. that he talks to me in this way mm -hmm. or he treats me in this way. But to find out that he did the same thing to my sister and brother, it gave me a little bit of breathing room. But I have not forgiven my father and I've just learned to accept that he is who he is. He's going to communicate the way he's going to communicate and he's not going to change until he decides to change. But with my mom, that's the one where it was physical abuse. But I already painted the picture. I showed you my father beat up on my mother. Then my mother ended up taking it out on me so that when she saw me, she saw him. She saw where her life could have been if she did not listen to her first love saying, let's keep this baby boy and we're going to have these, this great, amazing family and let's do all these things. And all she saw was the broken promises that never came to fruition. And now she has to take care of this young baby boy at the age of 19 by wow. herself. And in my adult age, I can start to understand perspective. Do I agree that she should have been as physically violent as she was with me? Absolutely not. But I do understand my mother was 19. And she just, and when I say beat me up, they called it spanking back in the day. They would have the belts and all that kind of stuff. I got the belt, welts on the leg. My father called DHS. She would grip me up by my chest, punch, throw me to the ground choke around the neck, punch in the stomach, very physical things a lot of the time as a kid. But I thank God for my mother taking ownership and changing. Okay. See, my mother took ownership to apologize for all the things that she's done, not making any excuses for it at all. 
just stating facts and then apologizing. And she started to listen and she started to do the work of unraveling a lot of her own traumas, whether it was childhood trauma, the way she was raised, my father and triggers that dealt with that. And me and my mother have the best relationship now to the point where she told me this week, I'm parenting her. So, (laughs) and it's crazy how the roles Uh will switch like that as you get older, but that's why I forgave my mother. I appreciate that you were able to sift through that journey of understanding and perspective, Anthony. So thank you for your bravery. It took time. And willingness to, (laughs) to work on that relationship, though. How many people just harden and just say, I'm not even blocking it out or what have you, right? Yeah. Um, Katie, I'm sure you see and or hear things like this all the time. What factors do you take into consideration before coaching a client through forgiveness and reconciliation with someone? I think it depends on where they're at. I mean, a lot of it has to do with where my client's at, what they what they want. And a lot of times I think when it comes to parents and family, I think we talked about this last time I was on about like feeling that responsibility or expectation to reconcile. And I love that, Anthony, that you've been able to separate those things, right? Mm -hmm. A relationship with your father, like you don't have to forgive him in order to have him in your life in the way that he's able. But that takes a lot of carving, that takes a lot of boundaries, that takes a lot of work on your part Mm -hmm. to even have him around, right? And that's your priority. And so the first thing I do with my patients is figuring out what their priorities are. It's not for me to put my beliefs or thoughts into it. And as a therapist, a funny part of me is I get, I'm a protector kind of, I get like mama bearish where I'm like, I can't believe they'd hurt that. How dare they? Yada, yada. And I can get mm-hmm. that way, but I don't, you know, like all therapists, we lock it down, talk about it in our own therapy, do our own thing. But it's for you to decide what you want and then for me to help you do that in a healthy way. So if the goal is reconciliation, then what are the boundaries we can put in place to ensure that you aren't hurt again? If the goal is to forgive so that you don't keep ruminating about it, you want to let that go, you're not going to reconcile. Maybe you don't even want them in your life. How can I move you in a place where kind of to Anthony's point about talking about the understanding, sometimes understanding helps us let go of that anger and forgive. It's amazing your mom was able to apologize and ask for forgiveness. That takes a a lot of oomph. Most abusers aren't able essentially to put themselves aside and, and admit. If someone's able, we can give them that opportunity. We can communicate. We can hope for it and see what happens. And I try to navigate my patients through, okay, let's imagine best case, they apologize. Worst case, they tell you to screw yourself. Most likely case, what do we think is going to happen? And we just prepare them for that and give them some language. They can practice it out with me. I can play the role, be kind of gruff, be kind of soft. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really about them, meeting them where they're at. Mm. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. How does the act of forgiveness, because again, Anthony, we, we are just proud of your bravery and your understanding <laughs> and, and your work, right? Because again, you really could have chosen to harden up and say, I, don't, I just don't care or act like yeah. it wasn't a thing. But how does the actual act of forgiveness affect your mental health? And maybe even on both sides, like even Anthony's mom, the act of, okay, he forgives me for moving mm-hmm. forward. How does it impact us on both sides? Yeah, I think for the person who, like for Anthony, let's say for the person who was harmed by something and needs the forgiveness, I think that that it can be a release, 
right? It can let let us off. It can allow us to not ruminate and not wound ourselves with it again. Because often we take old pains and it's one of my favorite postal service songs, which is such a random band, but they have these lyrics. It won't heal right if you keep tearing out the sutures. Mm -hmm. And I always think of that when it Mm. comes to old things that we don't want to forgive and we don't want to let go for ourselves. We just keep hurting. We keep opening that wound up and touching around in there and then being like, I don't know why I hurt so bad. And so I think for us. Touching around. Yeah, because you do. You Mm -hmm. go and examine again. Let me think about this again. Let me replay this one conversation. Right. And then sometimes if you dig around in it too much with dirty hands, it gets infected. Ooh. Infected. That's right. That part didn't even put the gloves on. Go ahead, Tracy. (laughs) Exactly. And so that's how it wounds us as the person who was already harmed, right? We already have the wound. We're trying to stitch it up. But when it comes to the other people in our lives, I think in the case of your mom, Anthony, like I said, it's it's almost not to say it's rare because I hate that it is, but it is to have someone own up and for you to offer her forgiveness right it was a mm-hmm. gift you gave her you didn't have to offer mm-hmm. that and it was a gift that she asked for it too right it was this giving and receiving and when that happens it's beautiful for both because if she or if any person who's harmed us has any remorse or empathy or understanding or acknowledgement that they did mm-hmm. hurt that lets them off mm-hmm. the hook because if anybody has anxiety like me and you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, that thing I said 10 years ago could have hurt right. somebody's feelings. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Then it would be nice for someone to say like, that was fine or I forgive you. No right. big deal. That stops me from opening up my own right. wound. And so right. I think in general, it's 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 good for both, but both have to be able to meet each other mm-hmm. there. And that's the hard part. Emotionally mm-hmm. unshackled. Mm-hmm. That part. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I do too. I still have conversations with my mom. There may be some random questions I think about from my childhood that I pose to her. But the amazing thing is that she's open to answer. She's not responding in aggressively or emotionally. And she told me one time, because I asked her, I said, how do you feel when I mm-hmm. ask those questions randomly? And she said, like it. She said, it catches me off guard. But the reason why I like it is because I don't have time to think. And it gives mm-hmm. me the opportunity to be more authentic and honest right. about it. And I can appreciate that so much. Man, we've come light years. It's it's often crazy because people will see pictures of us together. Like, y'all are like best yeah. friends. How'd this happen? I'm like, if only you knew. Right. And some of them, even my family members are like, even when they see our relationship now, they're like, I remember when. And I'm like, no, I remember right. better than you right. on right. what our relationship was like. And um, it's been a journey, but we're still working through it. I imagine that has to be some measure of catharticism for your mom, that as you come up with these new questions for her, that gives her a fresh new opportunity to kind of free herself in her own experience with you so that she can continue to grow and evolve in her healing journey, too. Mm-hmm. One of the things that she's always said is that she appreciates that we're able to talk now because as a kid, I couldn't share my feelings mm-hmm. at all. Like I said, I was like, Trey, you don't care mm-hmm. about my feelings. And it's funny, we were talking about how Jada and Cherie wrote in a journal to each other to share and communicate. Yeah. And I did that as a kid. No mm-hmm. Mother's Day cards and any card that I would give her, I would write my feelings out. And my mother's always been nostalgic and holding on to those cards. And I would just say, Mommy, I just want you to listen to me. You don't have to hit me. I just want you to understand how I feel and all that kind of stuff in cards. And she said at the time, she couldn't connect with it because of her not being emotionally Mm -hmm. mature. Mm -hmm. But now that she has it to go back and look back on, it's been a little bit more therapeutic Mm -hmm. for her. But it's also sad at the same time because she's like, dang, 
my baby had to say this Mm -hmm. to get my attention and I still Mm -hmm. couldn't see it. I still couldn't connect. So she kind of beats herself a little bit up about it, but she's getting better at letting it go. And I'm helping her with that. I'm like, look, it is what it is. It happened, but let's not dwell on what happened. Look how far we've come. We're going to take a quick break, but our conversation on toxic forgiveness will continue when we return. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then how have you come to terms with your relationship with your father now that you've made a decision that you're not forgiving him? Where are you emotionally with that? Honestly, when it comes to my father, I really don't have as much emotions about it. And I think it's because most of my childhood, my father has been in and out of my life. Okay. So my father kind of disconnected from me once my mom got married to my stepdad. Okay. Because in his mind, of course, it's territorial. He was very territorial, which is why he was physically violent with my mom. But now he felt as though he was being replaced by my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And to this day, me and my stepdad don't have a close relationship. Oh. So I'm 35. Mm-hmm. They got married when I was oh. 10. So that's 25 oh, wow. years yeah. of you not being part of my life where we could have had a great relationship, but you were so stuck Mm -hmm. in here on what you thought or what anybody else might have said. So because I've had so many years of absence from my father, it's almost like I don't think about it. Mm. I don't think about having the relationship. I don't think about bad things. And ever since the pandemic, he'll send me pictures through text message when I was a kid and things like that. That's his way of kind of going back through nostalgia a little bit. And I indulge Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, going back down memory lane. I'm like, yeah, I remember this and all that. And it's pleasant and I'm okay with that. But Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for him to technically be my dad. I'm Mm -hmm. 35 now. I don't really need him to be that for me. Did I hear you say that you don't have Mm -hmm. a a relationship with your stepdad as well, Anthony? I don't. We are very cordial. It's very high and by. We don't talk on the phone. We don't text other than it's happy birthday or happy Father's Mm. Day. The reason why we're not close is because he didn't want to intervene between me and my father. And for me, that started this place of feeling not worthy, Mm. creating insecurities that nobody sees me. Nobody's going to choose me. My mother didn't choose my feelings. My father didn't choose me. And he decided to just let me go. And then my stepfather Mm. sees that my mother is physically abusive sometimes. And I don't see him checking her or stopping her. Mm. I don't see him trying to build a relationship and do things that I see him do with his nieces or when his Mm. son came around. So it's we, we just never had that connection. I used to yearn for it, but I also had to mm. realize, yes, he takes care of me and I'm, I'm totally grateful for it and all the things that he's done. But at the end of the day, 
there's a kid here that needs mm-hmm. some emotional connection from somebody and I'm not getting right. it from those that I'm supposed to be getting it from, like my own parents and you as a step parent right. or bonus parent, right. et cetera. Mm-hmm. That part. Mm-hmm. Katie, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. How can you mend or even just move past with relationships without forgiving? What is some of your advice there? Yeah, I think in general, it's boundaries. I always tell people, make a list of what you want and what they're capable of. And then we're going to have to spend some time, unfortunately, grieving the difference, right? And I think that's kind of where you start. And then when they're capable of, you have to decide, again, it's like back to what we want, what we're able to allow in our lives. People get privileged to us, right? Get the privilege of knowing us. Then we have to decide if what they're capable of is going to be enough for us. And we move forward with that. I love that. Mm. It's hard. And like that grief, I just talked about it like, oh, but it it takes work and it's sad. But I think that a lot of times, especially with parents, we think our parents can do anything. We think that they know everything. They can fix anything. I just think my dad could fix anything. And then as we get older, we realize you're just like me. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's happening. Winging it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> winging it. Especially winging it. when you're friends and you start to have kids, you realize just how much we're winging it. And I think that realization can be hard. But again, if we can just kind of come to terms with what our dream is, what they're capable of, and if we're okay with what they're capable of, then I always encourage my clients to work on reconciliation in a way that feels okay and safe for them. It's the healing for me. I think, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I need I needed that answer. Yeah. (laughs) Do you all realize that Cara, Anthony, that we're having a free session here? Okay. We are getting a, we are getting a full fledged free session with Katie Morton. Okay. Because the fact that she just gave us so many other nuggets, but this nugget of recognizing where someone, what your expectation is, and then identifying the reality of what their capacity is to give you. And are you satisfied with that or not? It was a missing piece for me. Listen, it's something I learned recently. Because you know what we do? We instead, we identify what we want from them. And then we get mad. They can't make the jump shot. Like we're mm-hmm. waiting for them to like Michael Jordan get mm-hmm. up there. And really, they just going to stay right here. I, it just, okay. And if you are expecting me to jump shot, and I'm telling you, I got bad <laughs> knees. They Jana hurt. wishing her husband would not right. again. And no yeah. matter how many books they 13 wrote. 13 women. More. More. It was there were more, more. than thirteen women. Let's make <laughs> sure we're honoring what she said. There are not enough books. There are not enough podcasts. I don't care how many interviews you do. The man was cheating. I'm gonna say this, and I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep this in or not. But I'm gonna tell you what a friend of mine told me about a friend of hers who she was in a relationship that was cheating. You want to hear it? Here it goes. Tell us what he said. What she do said, "Give it. You up. gotta let a hoe be a hoe." Ooh, that's it. Period. Mic drop. Period. Yep. That's it. And and Jana was trying to make a hoe a husband. Mm-hmm. Listen. That was, ooh, yeah. Because they talk about the housewife. Let's go ahead. Let's Listen. get into it. Listen. <laughs> it's the husband. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the husband, mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. j- right. that, that little gem we just got from you, Katie, that, that is applicable all across the board. And I love it. Powerful. Seriously. Anthony, how have you worked toward healing within yourself after experiencing so much trauma from your parents? Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I can't leave it up to me. Like, India Ari has saved my mm-hmm. life. And Amen. many times when it comes to her music, even in my older years, I'm reading books more. And it's this book. It's funny that we were talking about, I think, Katie, you mentioned how figuring out what they want and what they have the capacity to do. And I'm reading this book called 
adult children of immature parents. Oh, yep. and of emotionally book. immature parents. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that book has helped me because I realized now in my older age, my father didn't have the capacity. And I actually Ooh. said to my little brother and I said to my cousin who has experienced the same kind of abandonment with her father, which is my father's brother. Uh-huh. And I told them, I said, we should be grateful that they weren't part of our lives. And they were like, what? And mm-hmm. I said, they didn't have the capacity. They probably had the capacity to ruin us mm-hmm. rather than what we actually experienced and Talk about it, I know Anthony. it's something that we don't, <laughs> I know it's not something that we want to hear and everybody may not be at the place where they're able to receive it, but it doesn't stop it from being true. So acknowledging and knowing that my father didn't have the capacity and no longer putting the pressure on myself to have that relationship with my dad has been really big. So mm-hmm. that's kind of helped me on this journey of freedom, um, not necessarily forgiveness, but freedom within myself. And not only freeing myself, but freeing him of the obligation that he couldn't fulfill. I just Mm -hmm. had to let it go. Mm -hmm. I couldn't keep holding it anymore. And Put it on a t-shirt. Just moving it over (laughs) and just moving (laughs) on with my life. And it's been the best thing for Mm me. Mm -hmm. I think you're trying to get a comma LMFT behind your name too, Anthony Thompson. (laughs) I think so. Katie, help me out. I might need to. Katie, help me out. (laughs) That's that's some good work right there. It is. (laughs) Cara and I could talk to you both for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And I say this, I think every episode, but it's so true. That, once again, a phenomenal topic that needs to have awareness, toxic forgiveness is happening. We do Mm -hmm. it and we don't know it. I'm grateful for bringing this to the table and having brave Mm -hmm. souls. Jana was brave to share her truth. Mm -hmm. It says a lot about a person to say that. So we also know another brave soul, and that is you, Anthony Thompson. So (laughs) unbelievably brave. Major, major, major kudos to you. And gratitude Mm -hmm. for sharing your story and journey with us. And to you, Katie, for navigating us through and giving us the right language to help us along and putting some good tools in our tool belt. So thank you both for being here at the Virtual Red Table. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come. Of course. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you both. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you all. So send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at redtabletalk.com. Or leave us a voicemail. You already know we got a new system called SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe.com slash Let's Red Table That. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure... Y'all hear me? Make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts a five. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. A big thank you to our executive producers, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Ellen Rakuten, and Fallon Jethro. And thank you to our producer, Kyla Kaneru, and our associate producer, Yolanda Chow. And finally, thank you to our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Let's red table that. Hey, hey, hey. let's red table that. Hey. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. 
David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.